Ryle. How could you be so cruel? Forgive me, my lord, but, but last night you said to waken you an hour after daybreak, no matter how tired you were. Uh, well, I've changed my mind. Now leave me alone. Which master should I obey, my lord? The one last night who said to get him out of bed no matter what he said? Or the one today, he said to let him sleep no matter what he said last night? <laughs> I might as well have hired a Greek tutor as you, Uriel. I get as much chopped logic anyway. <laughs> But I'm less expensive. <laughs> oh, Uriah. Oh, today I must meet with the high priest, Caiaphas. I know, my lord. Remarkable man, Caiaphas. If anyone can save Israel, he will. I'm sure of it. He understands that you have to work with the Romans. You can't fight them and hope to win. So he needs my help in finding some legal way to get rid of a pretender who threatens to bring the Romans down on our heads. Well, a difficult task, I'm sure. Yeah, but not impossible. There are ways. I'm a lawyer, Uriel. I will find ways. Whatever is necessary is always possible. Israel has fallen on troubled times, my lord. Oh, indeed. Now, sometimes I Your wish... Your blue robe, my lord. Huh? Huh. You, you don't think it too showy? Well, to meet with the high priest? Well, you must impress him with your ability. Mm. And how does my blue robe impress him with my ability as a liar? Why, the robe looks terribly expensive. With that robe, you must be very successful and have a great deal of ability. <laughs> well, I couldn't have explained it better myself. Mm. Getting fat. Another sign of success. Would you listen to a lawyer who looks like he's starving? Sometimes, sometimes I wish... Wish what, my lord? Wish that the Messiah would come. Well, the Messiah? Don't tell me you haven't heard of the Messiah. Oh, I've heard that he's coming, someday. When he comes, it will change everything, Uriel. Everything? Well, how? People think it will mean deliverance. But I have read the prophecies. When the Messiah comes, it will be war. Thousands will die. Suffering will be terrible. But in the end, peace. We're at peace now. A different kind of peace. Peace between neighbors. Peace within families. Well, you'd be out of work, my lord. Uh, you think I don't know what I am, Uriel? I'm a jackal. Preying on the arguments of others. Devouring the corpses. Profiting from pain. <laughs> and that pleases you? Sometimes, Uriel, I hate everything I do from morning until night. It's another reason why I hate to wake up. You're melancholy today, my lord. Mm -hmm. Comes from having too little sleep. Uriel, they want me to find a way to, to kill a man. My lord. So far as I can tell, the man does not deserve to die. But what will you do? It's the high priest who's asking me. I'll try to persuade him otherwise, but if the high priest of the Lord God of heaven says it must be done... Then you'll help him do it. Don't, don't prepare any food for me today, Uriel. I, I will go fasting. How can I eat when the blood of Jesus of Nazareth will soon be on my hands? Jesus of Nazareth? He plans to kill the master. Out of my way. Let me through. Watch what you're doing. Friend, you're all eager to see him. But I, I, I have to warn him. Warn him of what? 
I know of a plot to kill him. There are always plots to kill the master. I know you, Sister Mary Magdalene. Will you tell him for me? I was baptized long ago when he and his disciples were baptizing at Jordan. My master is a lawyer, and he's helping the high priest in a plot to use the law against Jesus. Jesus must believe me. He has to flee for his life. Brother, you don't understand. The master knows they plan to kill him, but they can't harm him unless he wants them to. But did it occur to you that perhaps he wants them to? Then it will happen. His death? You can speak of it so carelessly. Carelessly? I love him better than I love my own life. But you and I, we, we don't know him. We don't know him, what he's here for. How are you to say that his death is not desirable if he desires it? If he dies, what will we do? We will be the most blessed people in all the world because we knew him. And what about all the others who never saw his face? Why, we'll tell them, of course. Mary, you, you speak as if you were sure of his death. I'm sure of only one thing, brother. His love for me. Oh, and how little I deserve it. Will you tell him what I said? I will. But you, brother, if your master is a good man, well, why not bring him to meet Jesus? Bring him? He doesn't come at my bidding. Oh, if we plan to tell people about Jesus after he's dead, why should we be afraid to tell them now when he's still alive? <laughs> Rodman, time presses on us. Pilate's men have told him how the crowds are around Jesus, and Pilate is not amused. Surely, Caiaphas, he knows that we can do nothing. Even the Jews, foolish enough to believe this charlatan, this cheap magician, even they are Jews. And it's our responsibility to protect them from the Roman swords. I have studied the matter, Caiaphas, and this is what I have learned. There is no way to touch this man, legally. He has broken no law that Rome recognizes, only Jewish law. He is a known Sabbath breaker. Can you imagine Pilate letting us execute him for that? He blasphemes against the Lord of Heaven. So does Pilate every day. I thought you were the man, Rodman, who specialized in doing what could not be done. I didn't say it could not be done. I said it could not be done legally. We must follow the law, Rodman. Must you? There is a story of a king who loved a woman who was the wife of one of his soldiers. The king desired her, so he sent his soldier to the front of battle where he was killed. Then the king married the woman. We're all familiar with the story of King David and his wife, Bathsheba. King David, a murderer? He was. Yet we honor him as our greatest king. His greatness outweighs his sin in our memories. And I tell you, in the sight of God as well. What? In the sight of God? Well, insane. What does he mean? David committed adultery with Bathsheba. He murdered her husband to have her. And yet out of the twice-condemned marriage was born Solomon. King Solomon? 
not king. Greatest king in Israel. What does he mean by Solomon, Solomon, the wisest man in the world. Solomon, the greatest king of Israel. Born from that wicked union between David and Bathsheba. I tell you that sometimes for the sake of Israel, God requires us to do what in other circumstances would be sin. Doesn't he tell a man to give children to his brother's widow? Doesn't he command us to take the life of a murderer? And yet when we do these things, it does not make us adulterers or murderers. Even so with this case. Clearly, for the sake of Israel, you must stop this Jesus of Nazareth. Clearly, there is no way under the law you can do it. Therefore, you must break the law. If that is the only way that we can do it, then we will do it. If that's decided, we come to this. Jesus must die in a way that will not make his followers hate you. If the people see that the Pharisees and priests have killed him, his followers will be outraged. There will be riots and deaths. The Romans will intervene as surely as if you let Jesus alone. Then what can we do? Have the Romans kill him. Pilate won't do it until Jesus commits a crime against Rome. Do you think I haven't asked? But Jesus has committed a crime against Rome. Treason. He never has. We've tried to catch him in it, and he refuses. Caiaphas, if you are prepared to kill a man for the sake of Israel, shouldn't it be much easier to tell a simple lie for Israel's sake? A lie? Surely among all of the loyal Pharisees who have heard this Jesus preach, there are four or five who can remember hearing him say that Rome would be overthrown, that he would destroy Caesar. Surely. I think that such men could be found. I know, Pilate. Witnesses will not be enough. Pilate is a cautious man. He won't send soldiers to arrest Jesus. That, that again would cause a riot. So here is what you must do. Arrest Jesus yourself, at night, when the crowds aren't with him. Give him a trial. Not a public one, not, not even a legal one. But enough of a trial that you can tell the people. The Sanhedrin examined him and found him guilty of terrible blasphemy, plotting to tear down the temple, encouraging the people to worship him as a god. But he's never done that. Again, I tell you that if you intend to save Israel, you must use extraordinary means. We try him, we find him guilty. Then place him in Pilate's hands yourselves. Send witnesses that will convict him of treason. Pilate will like that because his men will not be the ones to make the arrest. And yet you will be satisfied, because it will be the Romans who kill him, and not you. And the people? They will not rebel against you, because, after all, the Romans did it. And you can calm them, keep them from rebelling against Rome, because, after all, he was found to be a blasphemer by the priests and the rabbis and the great men of Israel. Rodman, you surprise me. A lawyer teaching priests how to break the law. Eh, the law cannot be broken. Men can only break themselves against it. But the law can be bent if you know how to twist it gently to serve your ends. But if it bothers you, make one last try to trap this Jesus in blasphemy or treason. Lie if you have to. But it's better, of course, 
if you don't have to. Now I know why you have the wealth to wear such a gaudy blue robe. And I know why you are the one that the Lord chose to be the high priest in this trying year. Because you are wise. Yes, we are very wise, aren't we? Your oil. Why are you here? Is there something the matter at home? No, no. I, I was looking for you because I, I wanted you to... Wanted me to do what? I, I hope it can wait for a few minutes at least. I came to see this Jesus that everyone is talking about. You came to see Jesus? Yeah, some of the Pharisees are trying one last time to trap him. I see. Can't we get near? I want to listen. I want to help advise them on what to say. You know all the scriptures, don't you? Tell me then, have you forgotten where it says the stone that the builders rejected, the stone that they would not have in their house, now is the chief cornerstone? What do you mean? What do I mean? It's the Father's word, not mine. But I tell you this, the cornerstone of the house is stronger than you think, you who want to break it. Anything that strikes it will break, and anything it falls upon will be ground to powder. Do you mean that anyone who attacks you will be destroyed? What? Are you saying that you think I am the chief cornerstone? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, I have a question. Master, 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 we know that you will only tell us the truth because you aren't afraid of any man. Tell us now, Master, what is the will of God? Is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar or not? Do you think I don't see your tricks and traps, hypocrites? But I'll answer you. Bring me a denarius. Let me see it. Here's a coin, Master. Tell me, whose face is on this coin? Caesar's face, Master. Then why did you bother me with such a question as this? Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and give to God the things that belong to God. Another question, Master. You see how it is? The Pharisees and Sadducees shout for a chance to prove that they are liars and hypocrites. <laughs> Master, when we Sadducees ask you a question, it is because we want to learn. Then why is it, my honest friend, that when I tell you the truth, you still do not obey it? I have a question about the law. You know that if a man dies childless, it is his brother's duty to take the widow and give her a child in his brother's name. But what if a man died childless, and then his brother took that widow, and yet died before she had a child? And the next brother and the next, until seven brothers had all died and left her with no children. Now, which of them is her husband in the resurrection? I can see that your question is sincere, since it's well known that Sadducees don't believe there is a resurrection. It's very open-minded of you to care so much about this question when you don't even believe the dead will rise again. I just want to hear your answer. 
My answer is that your question is a foolish one. Do you think that in the resurrection they'll be sorting out wives and husbands? It is in this world that marriages are to be performed, not in the next. Better if the woman works to be a good wife to each of these men, and better if they concern themselves with being good husbands than to waste time worrying about who will possess her in the resurrection. Uriah, what sort of man is this? He doesn't answer them. He acts as if they were the ones being tested. And they fail again and again. This man is no trickster. They come at him like Greeks. And he answers them like a prophet. Yes, master. Uriah, this man is wiser than they told me. He's the wisest man alive. Huh? And there are those who have said as much of me. But they were wrong. Uriah, all day and all night you flatter me, but here in the presence of Jesus you speak bluntly. Why is that? Because I can't lie in the presence of my Lord. But you lie in my presence. I thought I was your Lord. Ask me no more, my Lord. What is this? Jesus, that he reaches into my own house. My Lord Rodamond. Uriel, all these years I have believed you when you praised me. Now that you're praising someone else, how can I assume that you don't know what you're talking about? I came to see Jesus tricked and trapped. Now I... I want him to answer a question for me. And not a trick. I think it's the most important question of my life. Then ask him. He'll answer. Master! Master! And here is the weaver of nets, thinking to catch his bird in flight. No, Master. I, I have a question to ask you with all my heart. I'm a lawyer. I spend my life pitting one law against another, using one law to bend another. But at the heart of them all... Surely there's a law that can't be bent. The law at the center. The law of all the laws which governs Torah. You have bloody hands, Rodamond, but your heart looks upward. I'll tell you the greatest law. Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God is one Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That is the first commandment. And the second is very much like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Yes. Yes, Lord. That is the heart of the law. All the laws begin there, to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. That has far more to do with Torah than all the burnt offerings. I tell you, Rodman, you aren't far from the kingdom of God. Come to me. I? My Lord, you're too kind to me. I... I don't deserve to... Be grateful, Rodamond. The Father will not reward you according to what you deserve, but rather according to what in your heart you most desire. I say again, come to me.
is it? Simon Peter, you baptized me. I'm a brother. You? Oh, yes. Yes, I know you, Uriel. But this quiz... <laughs> I know you, I, I think. You're a lawyer. Today the master said, Come to me. Here I am. Well, come in. The master is eating with his friends. The man is rich. Look at his blue robe. Master, I came. So I can see. Why did you come? Because... Because you said for me to come. But, Rodamond, why did you obey? You buy no robe with what I give you. Master, you understand the law. Yes. So let me put a case to you, Rodamond. There was a householder, and he planted a vineyard and put hedges around it to protect it, and put a wine press in the middle of it, and built a tower so he could watch for his enemies and protect all he had made. Then he had to leave on a journey, and so he rented the land to some farmers to care for it and profit from it until he returned. But he was gone a long time, and the farmers began to forget that the land was not their own. <clears throat> oh. The hedges the owner planted were nothing compared to what I've done here. Well, that's true enough, but he probably won't like what you've done. What? Of course he will. You know what he's like. He'll say you've taken up so much land with your hedge that there's hardly room for the grapes. He'll probably tear it down as soon as he sees it. All my work? He wouldn't dare. It's his vineyard after all, friend. Yes, and, and he won't like the extra crops you've planted either. He'll dig them up. The more I think about it, the angrier it makes me. What right does he have to come and undo all our work? The land should belong to the man who actually works it, not to some owner who goes off to the ends of the world and doesn't do a thing for it. This land is ours by right. I don't think he'll see it that way. You think I care how he sees it? There are a dozen of us and only one of him, and we know better than he does what this vineyard needs. So when the owner of the vineyard knew he would soon return, he sent servants ahead of him to alert the farmers to be ready when he came. So my lord bids you to have everything ready for him to examine it so he can have possession of his land once again. And, and he'll kick us out, I'm sure. Well, he said nothing of that. I'm sure he'll be glad to have you stay and work for him. Work for him? This is our land. Our sweat makes it ours. Your land? You knew when you came here that you would be renters, not owners. My lord hasn't charged you much, and you've profited well enough for years. You have no claim on him. I've heard enough of this, haven't you? We'll send this owner, as he calls himself, a message he can understand. And so they beat one servant, and hanged another, and stoned a third. And everyone that the Lord sent to them to warn them was treated likewise. What should the Lord do? Well, they are not only vicious murderers, they're ungrateful as well. They deserve no mercy. And yet the Lord of the vineyard showed them mercy anyway. He decided to give them one more chance. This time he sent his only son to them. Sure that even if they despised his servants they would surely reverence his son. His own son? Well, my master says that all will be forgiven if you will submit to him now and return to him what is his by right. 
He's by right. Look at this boy. He's so weak. I'm not afraid of him or his father. This boy is his father's heir. If we kill him, then the land will be ours forever. Don't you understand that if you harm me, you'll only destroy yourselves? Destroy ourselves? Come on, men. Take him outside the vineyard, and let's teach him what destruction is. Rodamond, do you understand? Master, I, I understand that such a thing would be a rank injustice, a terrible crime. And the farmers who did it would deserve the worst punishment that could possibly be given them. Peter, will you explain it? Well, friend, the vineyard is Israel, and the owner is the Lord God. The farmers are the priests and lawyers and rabbis who have governed this people and profited from them. There came a day when the hired men came to think that Israel belonged to them. And so the Lord sent his servants, the prophets, but they were beaten and stoned driven out or killed. So at last he has sent his son to them, his only son, to, to give Israel one last chance. What do you think they will answer? Uh, uh, master, oh, Master, I am as guilty as any of them. I, I taught them how it was to be done. I know it. Are you truly the son of God? What do you think? I don't think. You hold the law in your heart. Torah is the path of all of your works and words. Your parable says that you are the son of God. And I believe it. I believe you. But master, I... I taught them how to kill you. This man has conspired against the master. What is he doing? Hold your peace. If this man meant any harm to Jesus, would he confess it? They mean to kill you. The people will protect him. He's always in the crowds. You don't understand. I taught them how they could keep the crowd content with it. I taught them how to get around the law. I... Bottomman. Can you forgive me? Before you asked, Rodamond, I knew your heart. Your servant brought you here because he loves you. I called you to me because I love you. If you repent of the evil you have done and are baptized, then you'll stand clean before the law. How can that be? If a sin is committed, a price must be paid. The price is paid. My price? Who paid the price of my crimes? The one who owes no debt will pay all the debts. The one who is clean will cleanse all who will receive him. Rodamund, it is not my death you will answer for. Instead, I will answer for your life. So 
This is the holy city. Holy indeed, Heracles. These must be sacred camels and sacred sheep and sacred vendors who will cheat you with their sacred overcharging. Mock all you like, Plato. Theocritus and I understand that Jerusalem is the city of God. However, a Gentile like you might fail to see it. Heracles, ever since our dear friend Theocritus converted you to Judaism, I find you even more illogical than before. That's because logic is the tool of philosophy, while true religion has a better... Yes, yes, I know. Revelation from God to his prophets. I haven't forgotten, Heracles. And don't think I'm mocking you. I didn't come all the way from Athens with you to this filthy city just in order to mock you. Partly that, of course. <laughs> but primarily because I find your religion quite touching. Touching? Like an old man who is still affectionate with his wife. All for the sake of ancient love that lives only in the memory. What do you mean by that? Why, if your God loves Israel so much, doesn't he speak to prophets anymore? But he does. He does? Or, well, I rather thought he did. There must still be prophets. Let's ask Theocritus. After all, he's the one who was born a Jew, not I. Look, look, Theocritus is crying. Theocritus, what is it? What's wrong? Call me Samuel. He's lost his mind. After you went to all the trouble to have your name changed to Theocritus, why do you want to change it back now? Oh, I never should have done it. I'm a Jew. I'm of Israel. The temple is in my heart. I'm no Greek. I'm no Athenian. Is that all that's bothering you? Well, I assure you, everyone in Athens freely admits that you're no Athenian. You have the manners of a rustic. After all, you tended sheep in your youth before you happened to become rich. But no one holds it against you. You can't help your upbringing. Ah, this is proof that I'm no poet. I have no words to express what it is I see before me. What is it? What do you see? How can I explain? Words fail me. It is the heart and the hope of Israel, the wonder of the world. The heartstone of every Jew, wherever in the world he might dwell. It is the... You, boy, what is this place? It's the temple, sir. Here's an Assyrian, and may all the gods bless you. Or just one, I suppose. You Jews never do want blessings from more than one god, do you? Now, Theocritus, why didn't you just tell us that this is the temple? I told you. I was struck dumb at the sight. All the memories of this place... All the sacrifices of a thousand years silence. Why is it, Theo, that when something silences you, no one else can get a word in edgewise? I hope I'm not there when you see something that makes you talkative. Theo, Plato and I were wondering, there are still prophets in Israel, aren't there? Not lately, I don't think. I've read in letters about John the Baptist. Herod Antipas killed him, and he might have been a prophet. And, of course, there's a, a new messiah popping up every few minutes. Why don't we ask someone? Sir, you there. You mustn't call me sir, my lord. I'm only a servant. On Passover, there are no servants and masters, only Jews. Now tell me, I've been out of the country for years, and now as I return to my beloved homeland with my dearest friends, one of whom is a Jew by persuasion, the other a mere philosopher, steeped in... Enough! The... The man's busy, Theocritus. He doesn't need your life story. What we want to know, friend, 
is whether there's a prophet in Judea. A prophet? You know, like Moses and Elijah and Jeremiah and Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer wasn't a prophet. He's the very devil. No wonder his name sounded familiar. There are some who think that Jesus of Nazareth is a prophet. Jesus of Nazareth? Is he in town? It's Passover. What Jew isn't in Jerusalem? But how will we find him in all these crowds? That's exactly how you do find him. Look for the largest, most excited crowd in the city, and at the center of it, there he'll be, Jesus of Nazareth. There are some who say he is the, the Messiah. How very interesting. And he's a prophet? Some think so. And you, what do you think? I, I believe that he's the, the son of God. Son of Theocritus. You never told me that God had a son. Well, he hasn't. Are you sure he isn't just a cousin of God or a brother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> I've told you, if you don't choose to hear, you might as well be deaf. If he thinks I'm going to give him a coin after he spoke to us so rudely, he can forget it. Forgive the manners of my country folk, Heracles. They haven't had the advantage of living in Athens. Still, the idea of the Son of God intrigues me. We ought to find this man and see what he's like. No doubt he's just another Messiah. Messiah? Again you use this word. In Greek, you would say Christos, the Anointed One. The Messiah will come and redeem Israel, according to belief. And this is Israel, these people. I must say, Theocritus, with all due respect, that your God may have picked a better group to be his chosen people. Oh, my dear Plato, you don't understand. God didn't choose Israel because we were the best people in the world. Then why did he choose you? Because we knew that we needed him. Oh, a sophist, a rhetorician, a great logician we have among us. Ah, Theocritus. Oh, oh pardon me, Samuel, my friend. You are a wonder, a marvel. Let's find this Jesus and see if God has sent him to Israel and if Israel knows they need him. Mother, mother! Elijah, I'm at the fire. Mother, look what I have. Figs! Five of them! Elisha, where did you get them? A man gave them to me. Elisha, is it true? I've never lied to you, Mother. But Elisha, why would a man give you something? He said that I looked hungry, and he was full, and that the Master said that it isn't good for one man to hunger when another has more than he needs. The Master? I don't know what he meant. He must be the disciple of some rabbi. But Elisha, don't you see what this means? Figs for dessert. No, Elisha. It means that we have more than we need. We can sell those figs and finally have an offering to make to the Lord at this Passover. But the figs will bring such a small price. But whatever the price is, it will be more than nothing. And for all these years since your father died, Nothing is all we've been able to give the Lord in return for all his goodness to us. The man meant for us to eat. But don't you see, Elisha? 
It was a gift of kindness. And now we have to give a gift of kindness in our turn. It would be ungrateful of us to keep it all for ourselves. Yes, Mother. Here, the soup for your dinner. Only soup? Elisha, don't think about the figs. Don't we always have enough to eat? Doesn't my sewing bring us food and keep a shelter over our heads? And now, for once, we have more than we need. We're rich, and so we must help those who are truly poor. Now here, the soup is good. And when I finish this robe, perhaps we'll have a soup with meat in it. Yes, Master, I heard that you said that Israel would be cast away from God. Who is chosen then if Israel isn't? But Israel hasn't been cast away. Israel has been invited by the Lord to follow his way. If Israel refuses, then it isn't God who has cast them away. They're the ones who have cast away their God. I don't understand. If the Lord has chosen Israel, then Israel is chosen. Who can undo what the Lord has done? The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who was preparing for the marriage of one of his sons. And he sent out his servants to call all those who were invited to the wedding. And they wouldn't come. And he sent his servants again to insist. My Lord has commanded me to tell you his words. He said, I have prepared the dinner, the oxen and the fat young calves have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the marriage now. What? Suddenly we're supposed to drop everything and come? I have pickers coming to my vineyard. I haven't time for a wedding. And today isn't a holiday. I have to tend to my customers or I'll lose too much business. Another day. You misunderstand. The wedding is now. Whether you come or not, the wedding is now. Oh, so you're threatening me. I'm telling you what my lord told me. The king is my friend. He'd never tell you to speak so disrespectfully to me. You're a false servant. And do you know what we do with false servants? We kill them. So they killed the servants of the king. And when the king heard of it, he was angry, and he sent out his soldiers, and they punished those who had been invited but would not come. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those that I invited were not worthy. So go into the highways and invite everyone that you find until my son's wedding is full. <laughs> you see them enjoying the wedding feast. You hear how they laugh and talk? I'm happy because my son is happy. Let the whole kingdom be glad. Hey! hey. hey. To the king's son! May he be happy forever! Yes. But friend, friend, look at you. How could you come to my son's wedding without a proper wedding garment? Uh, I, I don't... I, I, I thought that... Do you think I... because my guests refused me that I accept any other person who wants to come? At my wedding, I want only those who put on their clean, unspotted garment and respect the gift that is offered to them. Take that man and cast him into outer darkness, where there is weeping and shouting and grief beyond measure. For he entered in at the door, but he was not ready when I came to him. So, this is a prophet... I'm not saying I believe in him. Where is his logic? Where are his reasoned arguments, Theocritus? 
He doesn't teach the way the Greeks teach. He teaches as the rabbis teach, as the scriptures teach, with stories. Well, how do you learn from this story? It's a startling idea that Israel has been invited to follow the Lord, but Israel has refused and killed the prophets. And now God will turn to others and invite them. The Lord calls many, but only a few are worthy to be chosen. Oh, it's a daring thing to say. The Pharisees must hate him. Imagine. But then, stories can be more than they seem to be. Aesop taught us that, if nothing else. My lord, Ahijah ben Abram, is giving a talent of silver to the temple treasury. And my lord Hezekiah of Alexandria has brought hyssop and myrrh worth three talents. I see you're watching the rich men give their huge gifts to the temple treasury to care for the poor. The gifts are magnificent, master. Are they, Andrew? Shall I show you the largest gift of all? The largest? Good heavens! A gift larger than three talents of gold? That's carrying faith to extremes. There she is. Look at her. Her? But she looks poor. Maybe she's in disguise. Master, she only threw in two mites. I know it. Then how can her gift be the greatest? Because these rich men have, out of their great wealth, cast in what they could easily spare. She gave all that she had. Did you hear that? The man is subtle. Socrates would have liked that. The widow gave everything, so that even though she gave less, she gave more than any other. I love a paradox. I wonder if we can get close enough to meet this man. Why not? You! You're one of his disciples, aren't you? Me? What's your name? Who's asking? Oh, careful, aren't you? We're visitors from Athens. I'm not a Jew, but these two are. Theocritus here, oh no, forgive me, he calls himself Samuel when he's within the sight of the temple. And I'm Plato, and this is Heracles. We're named for a poet, a hero, and a philosopher. But you may trust my word that none of us lives up to his name. My name is Philip. No, I'm not Greek. My, my father fancied Greeks and gave me the name. This is Andrew. We're both witnesses of the master. We want to meet him, to talk to him. So do all the people here. You don't understand. We can make it worth your while. You don't understand. Many of these people have been struggling to get near him all day. Why should you be favored over them? Good heavens! The smacks of democracy. I suppose if I gave you money, it would make no difference? Not to me. And far less to him. Please, forgive our strangeness of manner. We don't mean to offend. We only want to meet him if we can. Wait here, then. I'll, I'll come back for you. He's afraid. Do we look so very frightening? Could it be that someone is threatening this prophet's life? He wouldn't be the first prophet to die at the hands of the people of Jerusalem. Theocritus, I don't understand. If you Jews are the chosen people, and prophets are the men who bring God's word to you, why do your people kill them? Because prophets aren't flatterers. They condemn wickedness wherever they find it, even if they find it in the rich and the powerful. I see. If a prophet went to Rome proclaiming that the emperor was a sinner and deserved to be struck down and replaced by one more worthy, tell me, 
How long would he live? Not long. But look there. The woman who gave her all. Woman! Oh, don't be afraid. What do you want of me? Didn't you hear what the master said about you? The master? <clears throat> who is meant when you speak of the master? That's what the disciples of Jesus called him. Jesus of Nazareth. Ah. Oh. And he spoke of me? He said you gave more than anyone else. Oh, oh no, sir. How could I give more? Are these the clothes of a wealthy woman? I gave only two codrontes. It was the price of five figs that were given to my son. We sold the figs and, and gave the money to the poor. And gave to the poor? Well, aren't you poor? How can I be poor when my son and I have never gone hungry and even had five figs that we didn't need? Excuse me, sirs. Whoever told you I gave much was joking with you, I think. God be with you. I begin to see it now, Theocritus. Samuel, I mean. I begin to see that behind the poor clothing and the barren land, these people might be chosen of some god after all. Andrew and I asked, and the master will gladly see you. You came from Greece, then, for the Passover? Theocritus has many times come to Passover. For me, this is the first time, even though I have been a Jew for ten years now, and Plato does not believe at all. You don't believe in anything? I believe in a man who sees two cotrantes and knows they are worth more than three talents of gold. Whoever believes in me, friend, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Sent you? Who sent you? I am a light in the world. And whoever believes in me will see when all the rest are in darkness. Believes in you? What does it mean to, to believe in you? I can see you here in front of me. How could I doubt you? There are those who see my flesh and doubt me. But you see my flesh and you believe. There are those who will not see me at all and yet will believe in me. These are the ones who will have eternal life. Eternal life? If you hold a kernel of grain in your hand, will it sprout and grow? First, you must bury it in the ground. First, the grain must die. And then out of it will come a dozen other grains and more. I am the grain. And this people will put me in the ground. My father will raise me up. And in my rising, I will raise all the world. What do you say? What does that mean? Don't this is no deceptive philosophy, is it? When you speak of death, you mean death. And when you speak of eternal life, you mean to live forever. My son, your eyes are open. Look, you will see the prince of this world cast out. For when they lift me up to die, I will lift all men up with me to live. M Master, you're, you're speaking in riddles. Torah says that the Messiah will live forever. What do you mean, saying the prince will be lifted up to die? You, Greek, you have no part of Israel in you. 
And yet you understand. Like a lamb, you go willingly into the hands of the slayer. Father, if this man hears me, let him follow me. For where I am, there will my servant be. And if any man serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my heart is troubled. What can I say to him? Father, save me from the hour that's coming. And yet, bring me to that hour quickly. This is why I came into the world. Father, glorify your name. In you, I have already glorified my name. And in you, I will glorify my name again. What does it mean that, that it thundered when he spoke? Thundered? Heracles, didn't you hear the voice of God? It was surely an angel speaking to him. I tell you, Heracles, Theocritus, this man is the son of God. Oh, Plato, I thought you came with us to mock, not to be taken in by a common street corner prophet. All my study of philosophy, it comes to nothing. This man has the word of God. He speaks and the heavens answer. What was Socrates compared to this? Master... All my life I have looked for truth, until finally I was sure that no man had it. Now I know that you have it. What should I do now? Give as much as the widow gave. I'll give everything I own to possess the truth. Repent of your sins and be baptized, and follow me. I'm ready. Plato, what are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? I always told you that when I found the truth... I'd follow it wherever it led me. But you have responsibilities back in Athens. I tell you, Heracles, I've heard the voice of God today. What is Athens compared to that? This is what I've waited for. And now that I've found it, I'm ready to go. Will you listen to a story, my friends? The kingdom of heaven is like ten young women who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom as he came to the wedding. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. The foolish ones brought their lamps, but didn't bother to fill them, thinking there'd be plenty of time later. The wise ones filled their lamps with oil. Then at midnight, a cry arose. The bridegroom is here! He's here! Hurry! Oh, make ready! The bridegroom is here! Oh, oh, he's here! I must have fallen asleep. Quickly, light your lamps. We have to... Oh, look, the procession is here already. Oh, no! Where can I get oil now? I can never get home and back again in time. What? Don't you have oil in your lamps? Lend me some of yours. Lend you, and then we'd both run out of oil before the end. I didn't bring my lamps so I could walk in the procession. I brought my lamp to give light all the way to the wedding. I if I share with you, why, I'll run out before the end. At least wait for me. But the procession is here now. Sir, you with the torch, will you light my lamp? Just in time, young woman. A and you, do you need your lamps lit? Thank you, thank you, hurry. sir. Take your places in the procession. Wait for us. We'll hurry. Wait for us. Thank you. 
And so the foolish virgins ran home and got oil for their lamps. But by the time they returned, the procession was already in the house, and the gates were closed. Let us in. Oh, yes, let us in. Lord, Please. open the door for us. See, we have our lamps. Who are you? You aren't welcome here. We have our lamps yes, now. We have lamps? Our lamps. <laughs> for the wedding. We needed the lamps an hour ago, walking through the streets at midnight. Should have been ready then. There's no place for you now. Oh, but we... Oh, they should have been prepared. It's their own fault. When the bridegroom calls, my children, you must be ready to come at once. The wedding will not wait for those who didn't prepare themselves. I think, Theocritus, that we have been called foolish young women. I always thought that Plato was pretending to be searching for truth, only because he never found it until now. Do you think that this Jesus might be the Son of God? I don't know. There's no hurry, though. I'm not about to make a fool of myself like Plato and drop everything in a moment to follow him. Plenty of time to speak with this Jesus later and learn what he has to say. After Passover, then I'll study what this Jesus has to say. Elisha, are you here? Yes, Mother. I'm back. Yes, Mother. Tell me, Elisha, do you forgive me for selling your figs? Today I walked to the temple and saw a boy with a withered arm being given food from the temple fund. Not figs, but bread. Would I have taken the bread from his mouth so that I could eat figs? No, you wouldn't. I'd rather feed one boy like that than have figs to eat every day in the year. So you do forgive me? No. I thank you, Mother. <laughs>